Help keep Kinks and Beats daily ad-free and receive bonus content early with a contribution of 20 cents per episode. Visit herohabit.com slash shop for more information. Hello, welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I'm your host, Tony Fry. This is episode 150, and it's kind of a strange one. Well, before we get started, I want to uh, remind you all to swing by our new Facebook group where you can chat with other fans and listeners of the show uh, about all things Kinks and Beatles related. And um, we're doing this instead of the social networking type stuff that we had on Hero Habit's site, uh, mostly because it was slowing down Hero Habit and getting uh, raided with spam. I was getting a lot of bots and stuff uh, registering and clogging things up. And so I thought, let's just move it to Facebook. Everybody's over there already. And Facebook uh, could always use one more group dedicated to these two particular bands. Um, So yeah, join us over there. If you go to Hero Habits page, uh, you can find it under the groups tab, or you can also um, search for Kinks and Beats Daily on Facebook and and find us there. And of course, you can find the link at herohabit.com underneath the podcast banner for Kinks and Beats Daily. So there's that. Um, what else? That, I think that was it for the housekeeping. Um, today we're talking about a song called Shepherds of the Nation by the Kinks. And it was released May 8th, 1974 on Preservation Act 2. And I talked a lot. We did a full-length episode on Preservation Act 1 um, and how I think that album is unfairly criticized. Preservation Act 2 as a double album, though, uh, is a little bit of a different beast. And musically, it's, it's, it's very different from Act 1. And, I, and I've kind of always thought, together they make a three-album set. And I've always wondered if we whittled this down to one album, this preservation concept was whittled down to one album, this probably would be the best of the concept album period for the kinks. But it's three albums. So there's there's some filler, there's some weirdness. Um and this happens to be one of the weirder tunes. It's the final track on side one. So there's four sides. This is the last track on side one. Um and it's probably the type of song that makes some people hate this period in Kinks albums. But it's also the kind of song that make other people love it. I spent close to 20 years um, making most of my income playing in uh, musical pits all around the Bay Area. And I've played tons of shows, Rent and, you know, all those types of rock shows. And so I know theater very well. And I know what works and I know what doesn't work on the stage. And this track is probably one of the most theatrical songs that Ray Davies ever composed. And I think it would work tons better as a stage piece with a cast, instead of it being mostly just Ray and the female singers um, doing all the dialogue and all the vocals. I think it would work better with as a cast recording with different voices and all that. Um, The track opens with a cool driving guitar riff and then slips into this quasi-choral section, complete with these Baroque theatrical orchestrations. And it strikes me as something that Frank Zappa would have composed if he was uh, English instead of American. 
right? Because a lot of his influence is uh, American blues and doo-wop and stuff like that. If he was brought up more in the musical, uh, you know, music hall kind of sensibilities that Ray Davies was, I think his music could have entertained a, 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 a sound closer to this because it's very out there. It's a lot of weird stuff going on and the orchestrations are all over the place and the vocals are layered. Um, the song was released as a B-side to Holiday Romance, which would later appear on Soap Opera. It's not even from this album. On October 18th, 1974. So just uh, five months after its release. And it obviously did not chart. That that single was not going to chart in 1974. Holiday Romance, backed with Shepherds of the Nation, is does not a hit record make. Um, but I'd love to get my hands on both uh, on this single. This 45 would be a cool one to add to my, my growing collection because I actually, both these songs are actually guilty pleasures of mine. I think the problem with this song, though, is that it's not the kinks. As a Ray Davies composition, it's pretty inventive. It's well-produced. It's well-executed, even if some of the lyrics are a bit dumb. Um, it And it's an excellent theatrical piece. And in that context, I think it'd work much better. But on a Kinks album, it doesn't quite hit the mark. It's not uh, a full-on Kinks rock song that we're that you know that we're going to see a couple albums down the line when we get to low budget and misfits and all that. And it's not a full-on Kinks music hall stuff like we were getting with the Money Go Round um just a couple albums prior on Lola. So like this is a completely different sound for them. And like I, I've said a couple times already today, it's much more theatrical. So if you're looking for uh, campy kinks, this doesn't sound like anything that they've done before. If you're looking for rockin' kinks, this doesn't sound like anything they've, they've done before. And it really doesn't sound like anything they did afterwards either. Um, it like the entire concept album revisits the themes of village green preservation society. And if you listen closely, the music even hints at motives from the earlier song. So you listen to some of the musical ideas, um, seem to my ear to be variations of the original village green preservation society song from what is this now? Uh, six or seven years prior. But um, where Village Green was calling for an appreciation of the past, Shepherds of the Nation is calling for the downfall of the present. And I think that's a, a distinction that's worth highlighting a little bit. You know, where, where Village Green was all God bless Donald Duck, Vaudeville, and Variety. Like, hey, let's not forget where we came from as, you know, as a nostalgic thing. Um those lines have been replaced with put all the pervs in jail, bring back the birch and the cat of nine tails. So this is a very different tone. It's switched from nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia to nostalgia for the sake of subjugation and power. Right? This is the characters in this song are bastardizing nostalgia for their own gain 
instead of honoring nostalgia for the betterment of society. These this these characters are using it to control society. Sound familiar? Um, I I understand why people don't enjoy this album. It can be difficult to listen to if you're expecting something like Preservation Society or Lola. But if you listen to it as if it were a cast recording, like I said, of a Broadway musical, a lot of the tracks work on that level. And this song borders on corny. Uh, Ray affects that upper class accent that, you know, he does this a few times during this uh, uh, period of, of the Kinks recordings. But the upper class um, sound of his voice makes it sound cheesy sometimes. And I think it's because it's affected, you know, it's not his voice. Um, But there are actually a lot of pleasant moments to it. And it may be one of the few highlights on act two for me. Uh, Because there is so much musical stuff going on. He's flowing in and out of ideas, in and out of tones, uh, you know, in and out of styles. And so there's a lot musically going on here that I think you know, Ray may miss the mark when it comes to effectively d- delivering a narrative through his rock musicals, whatever you want to call them. This, these concept albums, they may f- they may fall short of delivering the narrative, but they are not musical throwaways, and. If you listen to it in the right mindset, like I said, not as a Kinks album, but as a cast recording, and and really just focus on the music, don't focus on the narrative, because it's it's uh, at best a mediocre narrative. But the music on this is actually pretty brilliant. And I don't think Ray was actually intending to create the next great Kinks album with this project. And I think that's something that at the time wasn't evident, but looking back at it retrospectively, like we are today, it gives the music a little bit more leeway to go in these strange directions, right? If you're not looking at this as, you know, uh, the follow-up to Everybody's in Showbiz, which is a great album, or Lola or Muswell Hillbillies. If you're looking at this as a separate entity um, and take it out of the context of, uh, of the other music at the time, take it out of the context of the chrono- chronologi- chronology of uh, Kinks albums, I think there's more here to enjoy than not. And I think that's why things like Preservation Act 1 have... Uh, kind of developed a, a a new lease on life. You know, people I don't think listening today find these two albums as horrible as they were taken, uh, you know, contemporarily. So I think what he's using is he's doing is he's using the Kinks to create his theatrical opus, and and you know he's got this great band at his disposal. And, you know, that obviously rubs some of the guys the wrong way because they want to be a rock band and they're they're basically playing session men to raise fantastical ideas. But I think that was 100% his mindset. 
and he may not have been conscious of it entirely, but I do think that he was, and this song is proof of that, that he was just utilizing the tools that he had to make his statement in through preservation. Um, I think he misses the mark overall, but there are aspects to this project that, um, that make the entire endeavor worthwhile. And while Shepherds of the Nation doesn't appear on my kinks for driving playlist, I don't skip it when it, uh, when I decide to actually put preservation on and venture down that rabbit hole. Um, because, and, and there's something to be said for that. And, 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 I think that you can have songs that are your favorites for certain things. You know, you can have the stuff that you put on in the car when you're going to go driving and tr- crank the radio. You can have your your songs that you listen to when you're a little bit down. You can have your songs you listen to while you're working out. This doesn't really fit in that mix. But when I'm listening to that album, this is one of the songs I enjoy listening to. And I bet that surprises a lot of people. But I think it's also, you know, my history with musical theater is, is you know, informing my my appreciation for this song more than my love for rock and roll music or even the kinks. So that's Shepherds of the Nation. Um, you can find it on the Spotify playlist that we put together. You can search Spotify for Kinks and Beats Daily and you'll find it there. Um, and I'll try to throw it on the Facebook group so that you can listen to it there. What are your thoughts on this one? What are your thoughts on the switch, you know, to having these characters using nostalgia in the way that they do in this song? Let me know by email kinksandbeats at herohabit.com or leave me a voicemail at 925-494-1739 or now you can swing by the Facebook group and tell me there. Um, I look forward to talking to all of you guys. Uh, listen to this tune. If, if you haven't heard it in a while or you've never heard it, go take a listen to it and um, really listen to not the lyrics, not the cheesy vocal delivery, but listen to the entire musical statement. And I think you're going to be um, surprised at just how much cool stuff is actually happening in this track. All right, that's it for me today. Thanks for downloading. Make sure you swing by iTunes and give me a five-star rating and review. And um, keep downloading, and I'll keep producing. All right, thanks so much. Have a great day. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by herohabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. Herohabit.com. Collect your heroes.